Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. This morning I want to speak on resurrection life. How can you not speak about resurrection life on Resurrection Sunday? So I'm going to read the same as what Andrew did. Matthew 28. I'm reading from the New King James. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And then John eleven twenty five, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Heavenly Father, we thank you that, Lord, we can preach your word, we can speak your word, we can worship you, we have freedom in this resurrection life you've given us, and in this house, Father God. I pray, Father, today that for everyone who sits under the sound of my voice, they won't hear me, but they'll hear you speaking through me, Lord God. Father, I pray that as this word goes forth, that it will accomplish what you send it to do and prosper in that which you send it to work within. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour. I ask that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skilful writer. In Jesus' most precious and holy name, and everyone said, Amen. Resurrection life. Easter Sunday is one of the three major days of the Christian calendar. We have, Chris, well, we have Christmas where we celebrate Jesus' birth, where he came to earth. But today we celebrate the finished work of the cross. It is a finished work. It's not yet to be completed. It is finished and it is ongoing in our lives because it's all been done and it's just up to us now to walk out our salvation in Christ, walking in him the way he wants us to. No other faith in the world, no other faith in the world worships a God who has risen from the dead. You see, death has been swallowed up in victory. Christ has done that for us. And I think sometimes we forget just what an incredible victory he's wrought for us on that cross. I think sometimes we forget what an incredible saviour we have. That he was crucified for us. He died for us, not because of anything that was in him. He was a sinless, holy lamb of God that came to the world and shed his blood for each one of us. You see, up until then, it was a sacrifice in the temple. It was a sacrificial um, rituals that went on in the temple so that the, blo- the blemishless lambs had to be brought in. 
But Jesus was the only Lamb of God who was without spot, without wrinkle, without sin, absolutely perfect. And he came to make a way for us to do, for us to know that life and grace and liberty that we can have in him, that he had paid the price for us. Mm, Amazing, isn't it? When you really stop and think about it, that his death has made us a way for life, for eternal life. Amazing God. Without his birth, which was Christmas, what we celebrate at Christmas, he couldn't die. Without his death, which we think about on Good Friday, we wouldn't have the resurrection life that comes from three days in the grave. You see, he's triumphed over death. He's triumphed over pain. He's triumphed over sickness. He's triumphed over sin. And that's why we celebrate Jesus, because he is so incredible. He is so incredible. You see, there was never, ever a plan B for redemption. God's plan right from the beginning of time was that he would send his only son into the world to do what only Jesus could do. That sinless, incredible son of God perfect plan of salvation that the one without sin, the Lord Jesus Christ, would take upon himself all of the sin of the world and die in our place on that cross. I'm constantly reminded to not forget what Jesus has done for me. We've got eternal life with God because of that perfect sacrifice and that Jesus paid that once for all price We don't need to continue to sacrifice Jesus. He did it once for all time and he's amazing. He's amazing. He paid that price and that price was the death when he was on that cross and he took upon himself all of our sin. Can you think about that for a minute? All the sin that had ever been done was being done And right through till the time when Jesus comes back again for his church, all the sin that is to yet be done in this world, Jesus paid the price once for all. That blows my mind. It really blows my mind. What a cost. But today I want to look at resurrection. And what is it? Resurrection is from the Greek word anastasis, which means a standing up. Pastor Murray and I were talking about this before the service. It's literally a resurrection from death, a standing up from a place of death. It's literally a place of recovery of life from death. And it comes as we understand that Jesus was raised to life again, three days in the grave, three days in that place of death and destruction, three days where he took the keys of death and hell and rose again victorious. Because he's the son of God, the sinless son of God. And because that's what he came to earth to do. He was born so that he would die in our place and that we could know that life so incredibly, so incredibly. He's amazing. For, to be, for there to be that resurrection, there's got to be death. Because you can't be raised to life unless you're dead. And sometimes I think about the way we walk our walk in Christ these days and how we can be comfortable and how we can... maybe it's not you, complain, 
must be me, complain about things that are going wrong in, in our world or in our life or in our family. And yet we have everything we need in Christ because he's paid that price. And so sometimes we can be in a place of semi-comatose death because we're not keeping our eyes on Jesus. We're not looking at the risen Lord. We're not looking at the power of the Holy Spirit. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells bodily within us. Think about it. We have his spirit within us. We have his power available for us. He has raised us. He's brought us from out of darkness into his marvellous light. He's brought us from death situations into life situations. And for some of us, that has meant there's been incredible pain, incredible suffering, incredible loss. And yet in Christ, we have everything we need because he is our God he is Christ the Lord. Amen. <laughs> For us to live in that newness of life, we need to keep reminding ourselves of just what Jesus has done for us. A spiritual truth is that we can know life from death. A spiritual truth is when you consider the cross of Jesus you consider what he went through for us. And you think about the cross and some of us wear crosses around our necks. And yet the cross is a, is a symbol of incredible cruelty, of death and suffering. And Jesus took that upon himself in our place. The cross was a place of pain, a place of cruelty, a place of jeering, a place of mocking, a place of absolute humility. Think about the mocking and the jeering that Jesus went through as he hung on that cross. The sinless son of God who took upon himself the sin of the world. That he come from heaven to earth to bear us in a place where he didn't deserve what he went through. And sometimes I think, wow, I whinge because I'm going through stuff. What about Jesus coming back to that God perspective and the Jesus perspective. No matter what I'm going through, I've got life. You've got life. We've got a day to day to proclaim Jesus. We've got a day to day where we can say, it is finished. It's a finished work of the cross. It is a possibility for me today to live in newness of life, to live in the victory that he's bought for us. It's a possibility for me today to know that I am precious and loved and, and God has a plan for my life as he has for every single life here. It's possible for me and for you all to know today how incredibly blessed and loved you are, that you're accepted in the beloved and that God's plan for your life is far beyond any plan that we might think of. And it's a possibility today to know that we can live in that joy and in that peace and in the freedom of the Spirit of God. And it's only a possibility because God gives us a choice. The minute that we choose to say yes to the things that God is presenting to us, the minute that we choose to say yes to what God is asking of us, <clears throat> the moment that we say to Jesus, whatever 
you want me to do, I will do. Nevertheless, not my will, as he said on the cross, not my will, but your will be done. The moment that we make that confession of faith, not my will, but your will be done, that resurrection life rises up on the inside of us and gives us not just the possibility, not just the potential, but the power to move forward in God in all he wants us to do, in all he wants to, us to know of who he is. You see, it's not just about who we are in Christ, it's who he is in us and what he wants to do in us. And it's the possibility thinking of not same old, same old, not daily drudge by drudge by drudge. Maybe just me. You probably all got incredibly fantastic lives and have got it all in order. But the possibility in Christ and the potential that we have in Christ is that we are unlimited because what he calls us to do, he equips us to do. What he has put in our hand to do, he's given us the muscle power to be able to do. What he has stated, he will bring to accomplish in our lives. Because God is not a man that he would lie. Not that men are liars. Women are liars sometimes too, but so are men. But God is not a man that he should lie. And God, when he speaks a word over your life and you say yes to him, that resurrection life that comes and flows in you and through you has the possibility, the potential and the power through that, that affirmation, yes, God, to accomplish incredible things, great things, awesome things in him. The best is indeed yet to come. I believe in the season that we're in that we're going to see incredible things. We are going to see incredible things, not just in our church, but the church as a whole, for all those who would say yes from that resurrection life. You see, the days we're living in, you know, Jesus said, work while it's still day for the night is coming when no man can work. And it's a choice. We get to choose what we're going to do or not. That place of death became a place of life for Jesus. And I've told this story many, many times, but it's, nothing tells it quite like this devotion that I read years ago about this incredible African um, diamond miner who founded diamond and he presented it to the King of England. This is last... Actually, it was previous to last century. It was the, the 1800s. And the, the, the King of England took the diamond and sent it off into Denmark to have it cut, to have it polished and, and set so it could be adorn the crown of state in his crown. And, and what the, the, the gem cutter, the lapidary or whatever they're called, he, he looked at it and he assessed it and he turned it and he, he thought about it. And over week after week he kept looking at it, he kept, kept making plans and he kept... Um, making adjustments to his plans and then he kept looking at this diamond and then one day he was ready to bring it to uh, fruition and so he got this diamond and he marked a little stone on the top of it with a stone because everyone knows that diamonds are the hardest hardest material in the world and as he put a little wedge on it and then he took his tools and he smacked it and the thing broke into two separate pieces. And what looked at that time like an absolute disaster 
was actually the blow that brought out the beauty and the glory of these stones to see the refinement that this gem cutter wanted to bring so that not just one diamond went into the head of the crown of state of the king, but two. He duplicated what he'd found and he did not leave that stone in its current state, in its, in its original state, because in its original state, no one could see or appreciate the beauty or the potential to shine the potential to reflect the light of the sun, the potential to glint out into darkness. And so what appeared in the natural as like a blow that was being struck of destruction was actually the very thing that made that diamond bring it into its complete potential to be what it had been created to be. And when I think about Jesus and we think about what happened on the cross... And we think about what looked like the very last blow and the last thing that was ever going to happen. And it was like he was supposed to deliver Israel. He was supposed to be the king of glory. He was the one who was supposed to set us free from the Roman persecution and all the things that went with it. And there he is hung on the cross. And now he's dead. And now they put him in a grave. What looked to be the very blow that had destroyed everything was actually the master Jim Carter's plan from the beginning of time to bring life through that last blow and to bring Jesus from out of death into life that we might know life. What looked like a failure and a defeat was the final master stroke of God who from the beginning of time knew that he was going to send Jesus to do what only Jesus could do to redeem us, bring us back to life. And when I think about that and the blood that was shed, the blood of Jesus, that pure, precious blood, when he hung on that cross and they pierced his side and he was nailed up and those nails were like that long and that thick through his hands, through his ankles. It wasn't through his feet. It was through the top of his ankles. And you think about that, it looks like a defeat. It looks like a place of absolute destruction and defeat. And yet it was the very thing that God knew was going to happen right from the beginning. Awesome God. So when, when we look at our lives and we see stuff happening in our lives and we see pain happening in our life, And when we feel defeated, if we're in God and he's allowing these things to happen, the very thing that we think is going to defeat us is the very thing that God is allowing to bring out the shine, to bring out the perfection in us of the Spirit of God. The very thing that the enemy planned for bad to destroy us, to get us off track, to discourage us, to disappoint us to make us feel like we're in a place where death could probably be better. It was the very, very plan of God that he would allow that we'd be refined like refiner's gold in pure, pure, that fire that gets turned up that brings gold in a solid state to a molten state and the dross that comes to the surface. So if you're going through stuff today, 
I really believe that the word of the Lord for you today is hold fast your confession of faith because he who has promised is faithful. He will not leave you alone. And whatever you're feeling like is the final blow in your life, allow God to work through that blow and allow God to bring you and raise you up so that you will shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. The thing that the enemy meant for bad. God turns it around when we submit ourselves to him. He is an amazing God. He is an amazing God. And we may be diamonds in the rough. You know that expression, don't you? Those who are 50-somethings. We may be diamonds in the rough, but God, in his absolute, all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present plan for our lives by the Spirit of God within us is working in us incredible things so that we can reflect the glory of Jesus, bringing life from out of death situations. So, do you know you are the most incredibly priceless gem in God's garden? That God loves you so much. And sometimes we can say, this stuff's happened in my life. How can God allow this to happen to me? But you know, one day at the end of the day, when we're home with him, we'll understand all things. And we'll understand that it was his plan that brought us through those things so that we can relate to others, so that we can have passion and compassion for others, so that we can have that empathy for others, so that we can share Jesus. You know, my life isn't great at the minute. But my God is, and I know that our light and momentary tribulations are working for us an exceeding great and permanent joy that one day before, before we know it, we're going to stand before our God and we're going to stand before our King and he's going to say, my heart's desire, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your rest. So until that day comes, Breathe in that resurrection life that Jesus has paid the price for, for you. Breathe in the absolute presence of the Spirit of God that was in this place this morning and he is still here today, filling us and putting in us a resolve to continue to fight the good fight of faith, to keep going, to keep lifting Jesus, to keep loving each other, to keep loving the lost, no matter what it costs you. Because... Do you know what? In heaven, gold is paving bricks. Did you know that? <laughs> We're going to walk on it in heaven. And what we have is given to us here in this earth. So whatever we have, let's give it unto God. All of our souls, our hearts, our souls, our minds, our gifts, because God's given us those gifts in the first place. Surrender it to God so that we can move ahead in what he wants to do. Because our time on earth is short in comparison with the time that we're in heaven. And you tell God about it. You tell him how hard it is sometimes. But don't ever forget to love him, to love him, to love him, to love him. I was listening to a song on the way up this morning, Christ and Christ crucified. He reigns from death to life in him is the power of God glorified. What an amazing saviour we serve. What an amazing God 
we serve. What an awesome life we have despite what's happening around us, despite what our circumstances are, we have Jesus. I've gone right off notes here. <laughs> oh, wow. You look at resurrection through the Bible, you look at the Shunammite woman. You, like, you see how Elisha raised the Shunammite woman's son, the widow of Zarephath's child. We think about Lazarus in John that came forth after three days in the grave. Imagine what a sight that would have been. He would have been bound head and foot. Can you imagine him coming out of the grave with all his stuff on? I feel sometimes like that's me. I feel sometimes like God is saying, come on, get your grave clothes off. Let's go. Let's move. Let's move ahead. And, you know, God doesn't have any favourites. If he's saying that to me, is he saying that to you too? What is he asking of you? Because we've got to be the hands and feet, the heart, the eyes to see, the ears to hear. For our community, first it starts in the house of God, in our house, and then our family, and then our community. He gives us a love in our heart for those that are maybe not the lovelies. I wasn't very lovely when I got saved, when I gave my heart to Jesus. The outcasts, the misfits. Throughout the Gospels we see resurrection life. But do you know what? There is no one that is less saved than the next person. If you're not saved, you're not saved. And you might be a bank manager or a doctor or you might be an unemployed person or you might be going through disability issues and be on pensions and all of that sort of stuff or you may be retired. If you're saved, you're saved. If you're not saved, you are a not yet believer and God doesn't have a hierarchy in his system. So for us to walk in that resurrection life that he has given us is an incredible, incredible thing. Incredible. You had enough of me yet? <laughs> How are we going for time? But for that to happen, there's got to be a death to self. Colossians 3.3, 3. for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Galatians 2.20, I love this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me and the life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me in my place. He gave himself for me. Amazing. How can we not live with gratitude and thankfulness in our hearts when we understand the price that's been paid for every one of us? Romans 8, 11, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life, life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And how do we do that? We start with saying yes to Jesus. We start with being born again. We start with fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We start with that relationship with Jesus where we say, Lord, not my will but your will be done. We start with that time of prayer in the mornings and in the daytime and at night time. We start with getting into the word of God and allowing God to speak to us through his word. 
We start with getting with like-minded other believers. We start with encouraging each other. We start with being honest with each other and vulnerable with each other and saying, I need some help here. We start with being a help for others. You see, Christ came to serve. He came as the servant king. He didn't come to be lorded over. And if you're a true disciple of Jesus, you're a servant. (laughs) There's a humility that God wants to work in each one of us as we serve him. Serve out our salvation with fear and trembling. You see, there's salvation in no other name. There is no other name in heaven, under heaven, by which man can be saved but the name of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And in John 3.3, Jesus says to Nicodemus, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again. I was listening to that this morning too. I've listened to a lot of things on the way up this morning. Not by the will of man, not by the will of flesh, but by the will of God, born again by his spirit. And it's in saying we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and believe in our hearts that God has raised him. We will be saved. For with our mouth confession is made, but with the heart One believes unto righteousness. Incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. That from the smallest child to the oldest person, all they need to do is say, here I am, Jesus. I have a two-year-old granddaughter and I do a school run with her five-year-old sister one morning a week. And we have a tradition in our family that when you're on a school run, you, you pray. Everyone in the car prays for the day on the way. My two-year-old granddaughter says, Dear Jeez, Mama, that's me, Mummy, Daddy, Luce, Amen. That's a two-year-old prayer. And it makes, brings me to tears every single time I hear it. Because there's a tradition of heart given over to Jesus that's begun for this next generation. That we would be childlike in our faith and say, Dear Jesus, I pray. And then fill in whatever needs to be prayed. The simplicity of the gospel is profound. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today that, Lord, we are here to celebrate you always, but on this Sunday, particularly Resurrection Sunday, where we declare he is risen, Jesus is risen, Father, we thank you for that resurrection life that you've given to each and every one of us. 
Father, we thank you that from death comes life when we submit ourselves to you, when we say yes to you, when we say yes to the possibilities, when we say yes to the power that you want to fill us with, when we say yes, Lord God, to all that you want to do in our lives as we submit ourselves into your hands. We thank you for resurrection life in our marriages. We thank you for resurrection life in our families. We thank you for that resurrection life in our relationships with our our extended family, with our church family. Lord, we thank you for that resurrection life that we have to be able to shed abroad the love of God into our community for those that are not yet believers. We thank you, Lord God, that you've made a way for us and you've shown us the way that life is, Lord, awesome in you. Sometimes Times not easy, but always good because you are good and your mercy endures forever. Father, today I pray if there be one in this place or one listening online that does not yet know you as Saviour and Lord, that they would pray this prayer with me now. Father, I ask you to take my life. I ask you to fill me with your spirit. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus died for me and that Jesus rose from the dead that I might have life. I surrender to you today. I pray right now that you would make me all you want me to be in the name of Jesus. And if you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, please get in touch with us. We would love to resource you and help you on your way. But Lord, I pray for everyone else that's in this place and online, Lord, that have known you. Maybe the fire has gone out. Maybe they're feeling in a place of darkness. I pray right now, Lord, by the power of your spirit, you come upon each and every one and raise them up to see, Lord God, you as the risen Lord and the victory that we have in you and that power that you've placed in our lives to be reactivated as we fix our eyes on you again today, Lord God. I pray, Father God, for those who are hurting today. I pray, Father God, the oil of Gilead to be poured upon them, to bring them into a place of absolute healing in you, Father God. And I pray, Father, that for those who need that fresh touch, that fresh anointing, you would pour your spirit out upon each and every one now. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I just give you praise and I give you thanks that you are our God, that Jesus is our Saviour. Holy Spirit, you are our helper. You are our paraclete, our comforter. And God, we just this day declare resurrection life over our lives, over all that we love in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au. See you next time.